perspective. Remember, I live my life by the five-minute rule. The five-minute rule is that when something goes wrong, it's okay to be negative, but not for more than five minutes. That's how Elrod, and this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Friday. Thank you for joining me as we close out our week with yet another new featured speaker making his debut on the show to teach us two simple solutions to conquer any negative situation. Here's how Elrod. Enjoy. My car accident, I was 19 years old, 20 years old, and waking up from a coma to be told I was never going to walk again, right? So those are the pictures that you saw briefly in the movie. Uh, that was a hard thing to hear, right? You know, I had a lot of goals that involved walking again. And to be told that I had permanent brain damage, which my wife will vouch for, in fact, now my kids say it all the time. I don't know if that's good or bad. They're like, dad, you have brain damage. I'm like, I, I mean, I, I do, but I don't know if you should say that. I don't know. <laughs> kind of conflicted about it. I don't know how to respond when they say that, which they say a lot. But, um, but being told all of these things, waking up, you know, I, I broke 11 bones. I've got a titanium rod in my leg. Uh, I've got two screws in my elbow, a rod in my arm, three metal plates in my eye. Uh, short-term memory loss, all these things. But I wake up from this coma and I'm told I'm never going to walk again. And it was a lot to process. And the way that I processed it ended up being very empowering. And I'm going to share this with you because this is the foundation of emotional invincibility. So I come out of the coma, a week goes by, all these tests are done every day. They'd already done all these surgeries to repair. While I was, in, I was in the coma for six days, so during that time, all the surgeries were done. I flatlined twice more in the coma. Flatlined, I was dead for six minutes at the scene of the accident. So I had, I had technically died three times at that point in that week. And I was seeing psychologists every day, and I started into physical therapy. Doctors said I'd probably never walk again. And that I'd be in the hospital for about a year. That was, the, that was their guesstimate, estimate. And uh, my mom and dad were called in by the doctors after a, I had been awake for a week and I'd been evaluated by all the psychologists. And the doctors sat them down and they said, we, we want to give you an update on Hal. Physically, he's made it through the worst. He should be with us for a long time. And at that time, that's all they cared about. Mom and dad were like, you know, walk again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, he, they just wanted me to be alive. So the doctors told him, he's going, he's going he's gonna to make it, right? He, sh he should be around a long time. And so that was huge for my parents, right? That was a huge sigh of relief. But the doctor said something they weren't expecting, my parents weren't expecting. They said, we're concerned with Hal's mental and emotional state. We believe that Hal is in denial or delusional because every time we interact with him, the psychologists, his doctors, his physical therapists, Hal's always smiling and laughing and, and, and joking and telling us jokes, making us laugh. And they said, 
frankly, that's not normal. They said, that's not normal for a 20-year-old young man that's being told you're never going to walk again to just be happy and everything else. They said, but it's not totally uncommon where some accident victims, they just, they can't handle their reality. They can't accept it. So they check out and they just go, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Right. And they, they just kind of go into the state of delusion because it's too painful to face the fact that they may never walk again and all of these other things, that they've got broken bones and brain damage and all of this. So we believe that Hal is in a state of denial and we need you to talk to him, find out how he's really feeling. Deep down, he's probably scared. He's probably sad, maybe even depressed about his new lot in life. They said he may be angry. Maybe he's, you know, some accident victims deep down, they're very angry that this unfair turn of events happened. They said, so would you please talk to him and and see if you can get him to open up because the emotional healing can't begin until Hal actually faces what's really going on inside, his real feelings. So my parents were of course concerned. My dad comes in, you know, minutes later. And I didn't know, I knew they had met with the doctor, but I didn't know what the conversation was, of course. And I'm in, in the hospital bed. I mean, that picture that you see, it was literally a, a, about a week after that. So I'm not, I'm not in great shape, right? My arms in a, in a, or legs in a sling in a cast, arms in a cast. I'm watching Oprah, right? For inspiration, true story. And my dad comes in and he says, Hal, hey, can I, can I talk to you, buddy? I said, dad, I'm, I'm watching Oprah. And, and I look over at him though, and his face is red. His eyes are welled up with tears. And I knew he'd met with the doctor, but again, did not know what they talked about. And I'm thinking the worst. I'm going, oh, oh, oh God, what did the doctor tell him? And I turn off the TV. I said, dad, what's up? And he said, well, no, the doctors said you're physically, you're, 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 you're doing great. You're looking great. They're, they're very optimistic. I said, oh, okay, great. Well, what, what you, you look really concerned. And he said, mentally and emotionally, they're, they're, they're a little concerned, Hal. And he explained what their concerns were, that I, deep down, they thought I was covering up my real, I was pushing down real emotions, right? And just faking like everything was okay. I was in delusion, whatever it was. And he said, Hal, I know you like to be positive. You're a positive thinker, positive person. He said, but how are you really feeling? Deep down, it's okay to be scared. It's normal. Are you sad? Are you angry? God knows your mom and I want to strangle that drunk driver. I'm angry. I'm scared. I'm sad. And and I didn't even go through it. You went through it. How are you really feeling? And I'm looking at my dad's face and he's trying to, you know, he's trying not to cry. And I'm trying not to get emotional looking at him. And and I could tell concerned he is. So I really went inside and I, I, thought, I, I, I asked myself the questions that he asked me. Am I really deep down, am I sad? Am I scared? Am I depressed? Am I angry? And I really thought about it and I really tried to get in touch with those emotions. And then I shook my head and I looked at my dad and I smiled and I said, dad, I thought you knew me better than that. And he said, what do you mean? I said, dad, remember, I live my life by the five minute rule. 
that I learned in my Cutco sales training. <laughs> and he said, remind me again what the five-minute rule is? I said, Dad, I've told you and Mom this so many times, and you'd be so much happier if you would just listen to me. <laughs> the five-minute rule is that when something goes wrong, it's okay to be negative, but not for more than five minutes. And I was taught in my Cutco training by my mentor and my manager, Jesse Levine, that you literally set your timer on your phone for five minutes when you have a no-sale, a cancellation, a canceled order, you don't hit a goal, whatever it is. He would teach us, you set your timer for five minutes and you give yourself five minutes to bitch, moan, complain, cry, you know, punch a wall or a pillow or whatever. But after the timer goes off, you say three very powerful words. Can't change it. You acknowledge, I can't change it. You can't change what is now five minutes in the past. So there's no value in wishing that I could, right? That wishing is futile, that wishing and wanting something were different that's now in the past. And he taught us. After the five minutes, you take that deep breath, you say, can't change it. And you acknowledge, I can't change the past, but I can change everything else. So I'm gonna stop dwelling on the thing that is now in the past, whether it's five minutes, five weeks, months, years, whatever, I'm going to focus on where I'm at, accept where I'm at fully, unconditional acceptance. And I'm going to focus on where I want to go and what I can do now, what's in my control, not the past, what's in my control to move forward. I said, dad, it's been two weeks since the car accident. I'm way past my five minutes. I can't change that I was in a car accident, but I can change everything else and I can damn well choose my attitude. And I said, and the way that I see it, there's only one of two possibilities. Number one, the doctors are right, and I will never, ever walk again. I might be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, and I, I acknowledge that is a very real possibility. In fact, I don't, that may be inevitable. I have no idea. I said, so I've already thought through that, but if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, and I can never walk again, I'm not going to let that define my emotional well-being. I'm not gonna let that define my quality of life because I can't, if that's the fate, if that's the case, I can't change it. So why would I wish that I could? Why wish life were any different than it is? If it's out of my control, it's out of my control. I said, so dad, I've already thought through this. I've imagined, all right, let's say doctors are right. I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life. And I've literally, dad, I've visualized myself in that wheelchair. What would that be like? And I'll tell you, Dad, you and Mom, I know you guys are so scared for that. You're worried about me. You have nothing to worry about because I've decided I will be the happiest, most grateful person that you or anyone has ever seen in a wheelchair because I'm in a wheelchair either way. And let me pause. Consider that. What's your wheelchair? What's a circumstance in your life that you can reference, past, present, or maybe even you're worried about for the future, that's it's out of your control, especially if it's in the past, right? Or if it's happening now based on past events. But what's your wheelchair? What's that experience, that circumstance, that challenge, that adversity that has caused you emotional pain when really you need to take a deep breath, set your timer for five minutes, take a deep breath, and acknowledge I can't change it. It's in the past. 
I might as well be the happiest, most grateful person I could ever be, even though that thing happened, or even though I'm going through that thing right now. Because see, the two aren't mutually exclusive, but most of us think that they are. Most of us think that bad, painful thing happened, happening, I I feel bad. Well, the reality is you can endure the most difficult, painful circumstance in your life and choose to be the happiest and most grateful you've ever been. Because again, remember, you already have everything that you need to be the happiest you could ever be. It's inside of you. It's life. And when we set up the rules of our game, we're no, 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 no. My happiness is dependent on things that happen outside of me, things that are out of my control. Well, then you're not set up to win the game. You're only set up to win the game if life works out perfectly. And please show me someone who has, right? Show me someone whose life is just, it's just everything they've ever, it's ever, it's gone perfect for them, right? Even the world's most successful people that we admire that are making a cha- impact in the world, most of them had to go through a lot of really difficult times or still are and have more ahead. So I told my dad, there's only one of two possibilities. Number one, I'll never walk again. And I'm at peace with that, dad. If that's the case, it's fine. It's not gonna affect my quality of life. I said, but the second possibility, dad, is I will walk again. And I don't even know if it's possible, right? None of us can predict the future. Unless you're maybe any clairvoyance in the house or whatever, right? I said, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna walk again, but I do know that in my mind, it's a possibility. So while I've accepted the worst case scenario for me, which is never walking again, I'm simultaneously focused on the best case scenario. Dad, I visualize walking every single day. Like the visualization of me in a wheelchair, that's not a daily visualization. That was like a one time, okay, how can I make the most of that circumstance that I don't really want? How can I be at peace with that so it has no power over my emotional well-being and quality of life? Once I did that, once I accepted it before it even happened, I accepted life before it even happened, I gave myself that gift of inner peace. The worst case scenario had no power over my emotional well-being. And then I I was free. There was no fear. There was no worry. I could then go, what do I want? Oh yeah, I'd love to walk again. That'd be awesome. I'm gonna think about that. I'm gonna dwell on that possibility. I'm gonna visualize that. I'm gonna pray about that. I'm gonna talk about that, that which is what I want while I simultaneously accept what I don't want. And thus I'm at peace with the worst case scenario and I'm excited and hopeful and optimistic with the best case scenario. But if the best case scenario doesn't come to pass, it doesn't ruin me. It doesn't devastate me because I just go back to being at peace with the worst case scenario and being the happiest, most grateful person that you could ever be in a wheelchair, it's not so bad. I'm happy, I'm grateful, regardless of circumstances. That is emotional invincibility in action, where you accept all things you can't change, past, present, and you even accept the things in the future that happen that are out of your control once they happen. Because once they happen, it becomes the present. But you accept it all. You're at peace with it all. Big thanks to Hal Elrod for stopping by. You can connect with him by visiting his website, halelrod.com. That is also his Instagram. And his latest book is entitled The Miracle Equation, The Two Decisions That Move Your Biggest Goals from Possible to Probable to Inevitable. 
And today's talk is entitled How's Elrod's Keynote Speech 2020, The Miracle Morning, which you can check out on YouTube. And I will have the link to that as well as all the links to connect with How in the show description. And uh, don't forget to follow the show. Share it or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcast. And that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I will see you back here Monday. So until then, stay strong. Later.